Wow, I don't know okay. why. She's got like perfect She coming because she hasn't replied to the group chat, <laughs> which is just a little disrespectful, but... <laughs> no, she's not coming. She messaged Aww. me and said she's got a 20-page paper to write. Ooh. Cute. I love how she didn't have the balls to message the group chat. Just and, like, uh, Just be like, hey, I'm actually preoccupied. Like, I would have been like, yeah, no worries. So am I, but yeah, I'm still here. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it's more of a boss move that she didn't even say anything. She's like, I That's can't waste true. my time with these hoes. <laughs> oh, I love how special we are to her. It's just like, right? oh, makes me feel so warm and cozy. Also, I want to say thanks to both of you for doing this Stop. so last minute. It's okay. Oh. Not you really literally like... telling me you're not invited and then begging for me to come <laughs> on. All right, I see how it is. <laughs> no, I'm joking. That's how it usually goes. What happened to your guests? Were they just shitty people and were like, never mind? I hope they listen to this so I can say they are shitty people. But oh. um, so I had a podcast last year with three of my friends and mm-hmm. it was called The Forum. And we recorded an episode on imposter syndrome. Um, but at that time, I, I didn't really know what it was. And when they described it to me, I didn't think I was affected by it. So I was like, it'd be cool if we could all come back together and discuss it like a year later and see what it's like to see how things have changed and if we've changed our minds about imposter syndrome. But then one of them was working and then another one had to go on a date or something. Ah! So- <laughs> a date over this what do you mean i know right um, all right that's a little rude it's always a date with me but it's fine we're gonna have a better conversation mm-hmm. sure i actually i was like oh maybe i should read up nope didn't read up i have no me idea neither. what we're talking about but you neither aren't you the one carrying this episode <laughs> what do you mean am i i thought you're the you're the host this is not what i signed up for <laughs> i was supposed to have a week off do we have no content no, basically, I, Sarah, do you want to go? No, I was just like, I have a vague idea of what it is, but like, I didn't look up anything either. Well, I so. looked up the definition and that's all that matters. Oh my God. So, okay. so here's, here's, my, here's my hope for this episode. Okay, basically, go for it. I just want to define imposter syndrome and then each of us can talk about our experiences with it and then we can talk about like what we think um, causes it, what we think are some solutions that might help people deal with it but when when okay. i do a podcast i do not do research i just go Same. off go yeah. off the cuff you know okay all right so define it oh we we didn't even introduce okay everyone knows who we are and if you don't know who we are then um i don't know what you're doing with your but life then to let's, be honest. let us explain real quick okay fine i'm liz and i'm always here for some reason <laughs> but yes and this is the medium the message episode um, I want to say 11, 12, 12, 11, 15, oh, 13, 13, 13? what? Okay, episode no, 13, wow, wow, go off, Liz. Wow. Okay, who's who? Let's go. Oh, I'm Sarah, the uh, sports and health editor. <laughs> she's been and with us. She has, she's been on. And I am Ali, the managing editor of The Medium. Yes, sir. And the person okay. is supposed to be spearheading this, but exactly. But as always, Liz, you have I'm the personality. Kidding. I'm just here to listen. That's all right. <laughs> okay, give us a definition, and then we'll see okay. how we fit. According to the Harvard Business Review, yes, impulsive sir. syndrome can be defined <laughs> as a collection of feelings of inadequacy 
that persists despite evident success. Imposters suffer from chronic self-doubt and a sense of intellectual fraudulence that override any feelings of success or external proof of their competence. Oof. That's a, that's a lot of weight. That is a lot. If I could, that's... if I could start. Go for Give me it. one second. I'm going to get in a more comfortable position. Do it. <laughs> What is he doing? Are you doing cartwheels? He's Sorry, getting I'm... into a more comfortable position. He looks like he's yeah. walking around the room. <laughs> so I actually just jumped on my bed and like tried to get comfy. All right. So, so last year when we were talking about imposter syndrome, uh, my friends and I. So I realized that, or I thought that I didn't. I didn't have imposter syndrome, mm -hmm. like I had never experienced it, and then, the job that I'm currently at when I got it the only thing I've been feeling is imposter syndrome where I'm expecting my boss to fire me every week, even though I'm completing all my work on time, I'm meeting deadlines, I'm going above and beyond. I still have this feeling of like, I'm not supposed to be here and I'm just waiting for my boss to say something. Wow. That I don't sucks. Know why. I feel the same with um, like just being in university. I think I grew up with such a huge support system that always told me I was the best and like yeah. there's nothing wrong with that like I'd rather have that than parents that like tell me I suck um but it's like once you enter university and you have like no matter what your parents say your marks really are indicative of if you are the if you are good or not even though like the U of T marking system is um trash yeah. like it really hit me right in the face like I am not the best I'm not the top of my class I'm not all that and it's fine like it took a while to kind of adjust and realize that like yes I will fail a midterm and I will fail an exam and it's fine but I don't know I never think that I will ever live up to what I was told when I was little which is that I can be the best because I don't think yeah. I can be the best in university to be honest um even if I study for hours I still don't get like the top marks just because it's the system is kind of made to not let you do that so yeah yeah sure. man Sarah, Sarah May what's um, your experience with it well I guess I kind of have a bit of the opposite experience Liz because I mean like I was never the top of my class with most things and coming to university I didn't go in there with that expectation but I think it was when it came down to like two polarized like opposite things so things like writing um and sports is where I I felt the because I was always the most athletic in my class and and whatnot if anything if you want to for whatever at a uh, university that kind of I don't know you start to doubt and um I don't know what else to say besides that yeah. um it's just, it's just, the university is just but it's a larger scale, more people. Um, you get a lot of people coming in from a lot of different places with different stories and you start to realize I'm not really as talented as I thought I was, or it's, mm -hmm. I'm just a dime a dozen essentially. Like I'm, it's very common. Totally. Yeah, and, and I also feel like having, huh, this is what hurts me about university, having like a 4.0 scale that like first year if you don't get a 4.0 in any class you will never have a 4.0 <laughs> and like that blows my mind because it's like 
there's no like recuperation like there's no starting again there's no like new year new me no because your past years carry on forward and like literally chase you so you never feel like you can really be the 4.0 student and it's like right now I have a friend that first year she literally had a 4.0 which is insane because we're in STEM and that's close to impossible but somehow she's very smart but this year has been very stressful and I do feel that like if this year was in class she would be doing a lot better but just the online environment has just taken such a toll on her and so she literally for the life of her is the only thing she thinks about is that 4.0 and how she's lost it like she already she does she hasn't even gotten her marks back because it's not the end of the semester but she already knows that she lost it because like you know we're we're both getting like 40s on our midterms and 60s on our assignments and it's like like we study together for hours like we study for hours we stay up till 3 a.m and i know that the only thing she's thinking about is her 4.0 and like that sucks because i always tell her like mental health over the 4.0 mental health over the 4.0 and she never follows that and whenever like i am struggling with something she's like put yourself first i'm like don't tell me what you do when you're not doing it yeah but the 4.0 is definitely um Oh my god that get who was that that literally gave me anxiety two, two the, things about that um, did you not hear the outlook thing the oh it's probably just my ears I, like I didn't. The, the email ringer it gives me oh, anxiety I, I every time it goes too. off i hate oh. that sound i have like a specific one for my like school email and it's just like oh well, every time i'm like turn it off anyways <laughs> yes ali um i was gonna say people tend to People tend to not follow their own advice, especially when it's supposed to help <laughs> them. But they, but they will tell other people to do it. And the second thing is, who goes into university knowing how to do anything? Like it's Nobody. very rare people yep. go into university <laughs> knowing how to study, knowing how to complete exams, knowing how to write essays. Yep. So the fact that your friend got a 4.0 in her first year is pretty impressive. I know, I know. And like... Speaking on that as well, I had a friend, there's this really, if you're in STEM, you'll know this program. It's called HealthSci at McMaster. It's like a super competitive program. Oh, yeah. Literally, they, I don't even know how they select their people. It's just. It's so weird. It's It's so weird. Anyways, (laughs) I know my friend. So I applied to it, didn't get in and it's fine. Whatever. This one girl that I work with, she applied to it like out of high school, didn't get in as well. So she ended up going for, um, she just something she did like a bachelor of commerce at uft instead which is totally different but whatever Mm -hmm. because she was kind of picking between the two and she was like i'm either going to do health side or like business so she finished her bachelor of commerce and she was like this is not for me like i don't know what i'm going to do with this so she applied again and she got in to health side now she's doing that and i think part of that is like the skills that you have in high school are not enough to get you kind of where you want to be especially in that program where I don't even know how they select but I feel like they know because everyone that I know that's in that program has like a specific skill set and a specific mentality that I don't have they're all very positive people I don't know how but they're all very (laughs) kind of mentally stable for some reason or at least in (laughs) high school and it's just like I think that high school doesn't prepare you for any of this stuff at all and that's why a lot of the programs the very like small programs at Mac, including that one, but also including there's this really popular mid midwifery, midwifery, how do you pronounce it? Mid mm-hmm. midwifery? I don't know, like midwife program at Mac. Mm-hmm. And literally, 
I would say 95%, and it's only a 40 people program, but 95 to 98% of that class is um, after, like post first undergraduate, even though it's an undergraduate program, like they take students that are in their late twenties, like after yeah. they've completed an undergrad or if they have work experience, because like you definitely need a specific mentality. And I feel like I don't have that mentality for university. Like I feel still feel like I'm in a high school mindset, but not in like a immature way, just in like a study habits way. Like, I don't feel like I really know what I'm doing any of the time, none of the yeah. time. Like I'm just kind of going with the flow, doing what others are doing, not in like a follow the crowd way, but like we're all doing the same thing. We're all staying up till 3 a.m. studying. We're all losing our minds and it's never enough. And I just feel like none of us really know what we're doing. And yeah. that's like my imposter syndrome is just like, I guess I know that I'll never like fully flat face fail, but I also never think that I will know what I'm doing in life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Without well, like asking for advice or or like doing what others are doing, which sucks. Like I do struggle with that, always asking, like being dependent for advice. Like even if I'm like buying something online, I'll always ask like three people, like which shirt should I get? Cause I don't know, I'm just like that. I just, it's something I'm working on and like kind of becoming more independent. But in university, like they always talk about that independence, but I don't yeah. see it because if you really look at your classmates, like you, you're all doing the same thing because nobody knows what they're doing. It's so yeah. weird. I don't know. At least that's what it is in STEM. I wonder if it's if it's a a if it's due to the structure of university itself. It's like we go in and we have to focus on our grades so much and completing the tasks that are measured by our professors in the university. But to me, university is about going in and learning and being curious. And I think, I think our success should be measured by how curious we are, to a degree. But nowadays, when you go to university, because everyone is going to university, it's about getting a job or getting into your master's. So you need to be the best to prove yeah. to other people that you can do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. So I think by removing that that measurement of like joy and just enjoying your time at university it kind of it kind of adds to that imposter syndrome in yeah. a way does that make sense yeah but i also think that there's like no time to be curious like yeah it's assignment yeah, totally. after assignment after assignment after essay after midterm after, like as i was saying in all these previous episodes my midterms were literally a month and a half long i Ooh. had a midterm every single week for literally a month and a half not including reading week though like it doesn't stop like you don't have time to slow down you don't have time to really reflect upon what you're studying yeah. or what you're what you're learning what you're being told and also you're given no guidance on like the skills in life like mm -hmm. you're figuring it all out for yourself like how to take care of yourself how to especially for students that are uh, like on residence and stuff like you're all figuring that out for yourself and there's like no time for kind of discovering who you are beyond your coursework which sucks like that sucks <laughs> because I don't want to be just this like little chem nerd that has her nose in her books but that's literally all I've been for the last two years yeah Sarah May do you have anything to add what as a graduate oh me mm -hmm. uh, 
I wish I could say that 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 um that goes away when you're finished <laughs> school, but I find that like I guess it, it took me a while, but there was a point where I was I felt like I was late, <laughs> right? Uh, where people my age had finished school already, had um, like I I've I have a bunch of friends that are married and have kids. Well, okay, cause, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's how old I am. <laughs> but and it used to bother me because like, oh my God, like, what am I doing with my, my life or whatever it is? And like, everyone seems to be figuring it out and I'm struggling. I'm, you know, I'm messing things up. I'm going back and switching majors again. I'm uh, doing all this other stuff. And everyone, the people that I went to the high school with, mind you, my high school years weren't the greatest, but I mean, you yeah. still, you still compare, right? It, mm-hmm. it, you, you shouldn't, I know I shouldn't, but I you know, you can't help it. Um, But it's not something that quite goes the right way even after you graduate. Because I mean, I know people who are getting jobs and some people who've gotten really good jobs. Um, A guy I went to high school with is married, uh, been married three years. They renovated a house, bought their forever home and has like a one-year-old kid. And I'm just like, he's my age. (laughs) He's my age. He's done all that already and a good job and everything. But I mean, like, you have to kind of everyone's kind of writing their own story and I mean there's really no such thing as being late or you don't have to do something by a certain time or by a certain age and I think university doesn't help with that like Mm -hmm. like I I don't I don't know many I don't have many friends that finished their degree in four years Right. Like you don't have to finish it in four years. I know people who've taken 10 years to do it, 20 years even. Some people who finished it in three and a half. Like, you know, it doesn't have to be four years. But for some reason, like we come in with this mindset, okay, it's four years and it's done. By a certain age, we got to do this. By another certain age, we should have, have accomplished this or be in this job or whatever. But I mean, like, is anyone who finished, like, anyone who finished in four years or, you know, got married or has kids already, are there any happier than we are right now? No, because you define your own happiness, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like, especially (laughs) just coming from like a STEM perspective, everyone in our program is like, I'm going to med school. I'm going to med school. (laughs) And I'm like, honey, if you're 7%, yeah, you're going to med school. But the other 93% of us are not going to med school, at least not the first try, maybe not even the second try. If we'll do it, third try, sure, whatever. And it's like, I never say that. I'm like, whenever people ask me like, oh, what are you going to do after you graduate or whatever? I have like three different plans. I have plan A, B, and C. Do maybe I'll do plan freaking F who knows like I don't have a plan and everybody seems like they do but truly like nobody does and if you are in that I'm going to mindset I'm going to med school mindset like good for you if it motivates you but don't let don't let it hold you back when you don't get into med school because like (laughs) you might not like the reality is you might not like when I was applying to that health side program that we're talking about I was before I even hit submit on my application, I sat down with myself and I was like, you might not get in and you're going to be fine. You might not get in, but you will be fine. And literally the odds were against my fa- against me and it's fine. I didn't get in. I moved on with my life. I'm doing great. 
in the grand scheme of things, after I got into UTM, like once I started at UTM, I realized that this school was so much better for me than that program, even though that program is renowned and I would probably become a doctor way faster if I wanted to this is the best fit for me in terms of like community, what I can do, how close it is to my house. The other thing is um, when you're in STEM and you're going through your undergrad, there's so many things that you have to do that people don't realize, especially if you want to go into med school. You have to get research experience. You have to get volunteering experience. You have to get like work experience, you have to build connections, you have to be part of the UTM community. And there's so many things that you need, you need to do. And there are people that either don't know or just don't have the time. And especially I see that a lot with parents that literally tell their kids, you can't get a job. Like, I'm not going to let you get a job. And it's like, that's one of the best things I've done for myself, even though it has stressed me out to like an unbelievable degree is like to get a job to volunteer to try to get research positions um and it's like but I hate that it's part of that like you have to do it to get into med school because I'm doing it because it it helps me grow right yeah. and it's just like there's so many things that you have to achieve during your undergrad that are just so hard to do and just because I can do it doesn't mean that someone else can do it. And if you ask me if I'm okay, I'm not okay. Like I, it, this stuff is hard. Like it's hard to juggle so many things. Totally. And it's just like, I always feel like I'm never going to do enough, you know? And that if I'm sitting at my, like, please, if I, maybe if I'm sitting at that, like med school interview and I, they asked me about my experience. I just feel like it'll never be enough totally. because I know that there are people doing so much more than me. God knows how, but they are. And it's like, I just never feel like it's going to be enough because also I use this to compensate for my non 4.0 GPA. <laughs> so it's like, you don't know where to, what to focus your energy on to have that like well-rounded student persona. And it's yeah. just like, bro. I think that dives into ways to, to like deal with imposter syndrome because it, it obviously takes a lot of introspection to understand how you're feeling, but also why you're feeling that way. And like, um, oh, I lost my train of thought. How do you deal with your job situation where you feel like you're going to get fired every single day? How do you deal Ooh, with that? Yeah, that, that's what that, that's actually great. So um, I, I tend to manage my expectations a lot. So I think about like everything I have and then everything I need. And if, and if both of those align more or less, then, then I know that everything's going okay. And then if I feel unsatisfied or if I feel inadequate, then I, I ask myself, like, why do I feel this way? So I, I like being creative and I, I'm, I'm very high in openness, which is apparently a trait for creative people. <laughs> and when, it, when I don't have an outlet to, to be creative, then I feel very, like, unenthusiastic, unenergetic. I need to be doing something. So then that's like one thing that I, I know I can work on. 
So I, I start writing or I read or I, I make music. Um, so it's like those little things that if you talk to yourself, it's all about talking to yourself. If you're aware of what's going on in your head and like why you're feeling the way you're feeling, I don't think imposter syndrome can be that debilitating. But if you just have this feeling and you don't acknowledge it, then it can manifest and it can get a lot worse. Mm-hmm. And, it can and I think from what I've read is that it holds you back from doing things because you never mm. feel like they will amount to something yeah. and or you don't like adequate. mean yeah. anything to anyone, including yourself. Oof. Yeah. And I think yeah, that's a big one. going back to kind of how if you've been raised with parents telling you you're the best, sometimes if there's a task that I don't feel like I can accomplish and be told that I'm good or if there's a task that I start and like I see myself struggling I'll drop it and that sucks because you just feel like you'll never finish it or like it'll never be where you want it to be for you to be like good enough or for it to be good enough but then I have this polar opposite thing where if I get something in my head like an idea I literally will not sleep will not eat will not drink until it's done yeah. but that's with ta- th- that's with tasks that I know that I can accomplish or like projects that I know that I can like put into fruition and it's just like it's like an inner battle it's literally an inner okay. battle with yourself and kind of what I hate about society right now is that there's so much garbage on like social media that obviously lowers your self-esteem lowers your self-worth mm-hmm. lowers just like your mental state but there's always also so many false cheesy messages about how to get better and it's like yeah telling myself in the mirror that I'm beautiful is not gonna make me feel more beautiful like there's there's it's so deep in your brain you need to dig so deep into your brain to realign your habits it's all about habits it's a, it yeah go I was just gonna say I'm a, I'm a very big believer in self-affirmations and <laughs> And I think you have to find very specific ones that like that goes to you. Yeah, that speak to you and that like fit your situation. So just telling yourself I am beautiful, it's just so like surface level and superficial. But if you say like I I am worthy, I deserve I'm worthy, yeah. Those kind of things. And then you state actual specific things, Mm -hmm. I find they tend to help. No, I do I'm a very much like fake it till you make it person, but it it like it comes to me like for me my confidence how I got my confidence in my personality was at first and this was like what like grade 10 grade 9 grade 10 when I was entering like because I came from a all girls high school all girls like middle school so I we were literally kind of brainwashed and uh, when I entered like a public school where it's like you're 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 pretty much your own person and your personality does carry a lot of weight and like the way you look and things like that. Like I was literally so out of place. I think people thought I was like an alien from a different planet because the way that I like (laughs) walked was so weird because we were literally brainwashed by like none like teachers. Like it's so weird. (laughs) But like they weren't nuns, but like it was a Catholic ish school. And I don't know. Anyways. Um, my point is that there's a Catholic middle school. It's it's not a, it wasn't it was like a it was a JK to grade twelve all girls school, but it was like oh, okay we wore uniforms and we went to ma- mass. No, it's called St Mildred's. It's an oh. oh okay. 
if you come from that school, I just know that you're annoying. Um, <laughs> anyways, point being is that there's so many, our childhood really does shape our like, how, what we think of ourselves and coming into university and having to realign those values to like stay okay is so hard. Yeah. Like, as I was saying earlier, learning to not be dependent on other people has been so hard for me. Like learning to not doubt, not doubt myself in terms of like, literally if I'm ordering clothes online, why do I have to ask four people what, what to order if I know what I want to wear and what I don't? Like, I literally will be looking at it and I'm like, I don't really like that, but let me just send it to my friend to see which one she likes. Yeah. Like, why do I do that? Like, why do I do that? And it's like, you have to literally realign everything that you've ever learned to be this different person. Uh, yeah, I think that's... This makes I me sad. Sitting here listening to you guys, and I, I had a thought, I think this is one of the number one problems, number one problem, I think, is that we aren't taught that it's okay to fail. Yes. So I think that, because, like, that's the thing, like, you, we all, we go to U of T, all three of us, and, like, you know, need the good grades to get in and to stay in and stuff, and no one's ever said that, you know, it's okay if you fail that class, or, like, you failing this class in high school isn't going to prevent you from getting into university or whatever. No one's told you that it's okay to not be good failing at Failing in high school, failing in high school is like, if you fail in it's high over. school, nobody cares about you anymore. Like your <laughs> image changes. If you fail in university, people are like, are you okay? Do you need anything? Like failing in high school is embarrassing. Yeah. Failing honestly, in university is a regular. Like, yeah, honestly, I've, I've never failed never failed in high school so I have no idea Same. what it feels like but I do know you did look at those kids differently the ones that did fail <laughs> mm -hmm. you really did you yeah. really did that's yeah. just the university like oh you failed oh my god I failed too literally oh I don't know um no I think that's that's the core it's a that's a core issue that we're not we're not like we grow up our parents you know there are support systems um mind you mine was always held uh, very high expectations of me and she was she is still quite can be quite critical but I mean we're not taught to, it's okay to not be good at something or it's okay to fail right it's yeah. we have to win we have to be at the top of the class we have to you know we need that 4.0 right yeah. mm -hmm. and we think less of ourselves when you know that, that, that like some of the greatest people on earth failed multiple times like who's that who's the one who writes harry potter what's her name jk rowling she doesn't exist we don't JK mention Rowling's her says, we don't mention, no, we don't mention her. her anymore no oh, we, we don't mention she's canceled I'm screaming we just got canceled just by mentioning her. <laughs> literally we <laughs> i'm gonna bleep that no i don't have the time to do that okay. but imagine that that was bleeped okay that what, name what? okay all right i'm, I'm kidding the I'm harry kidding. potter series has no author it's we, actually anonymous we, we accept we are we are pro free speech we are pro whatever here um okay give the example it's a great example of of over yeah, failing yeah but of, of failing multiple times yeah. and like i mean some of the biggest lessons that i've learned in life has have come from failure totally like there's oh yeah there's, yeah but no some of the things that i've learned i wouldn't have learned if i was just good at everything 
Yeah. And if you ask most people, when they're asked, would you go back and change things about your life? Most of the time they'd say no, because everything they've done has led them to who they are now. Yeah. And most people like themselves enough and they've learned lessons from the mistakes they've made and the triumphs of, that they've had. So yeah. yeah, I like that point a lot. Yeah. But going yeah. back to imposter syndrome. Yeah, we're kind of going on so many tangents. Um, Isn't that not the yeah. same thing? Yeah, it is. It's yeah. Kind of. I think yeah. it's a very broad and open feeling to have. Totally. And I think it's only started coming about like the past two years. Mm-hmm. I've never heard it. I never started hearing it until recently. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so it's okay if we talk about a bunch. I feel like a bunch of different things add up to create this feeling Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah but yeah i i i do need to go back to editing articles soon so let's let's wrap up on this shorter episode i wanted to mention a few things um okay next week's episode i have no idea what it's gonna be i'm sorry my mom's like back there um it's gonna be fun it's gonna be fun i don't know what it's gonna be it's kind of like midterms or midterm exam season but lo- yeah. next week's episode is the last episode of the Ooh. semester because i need a break for christmas you gotta make it an extravaganza although yeah. although i have this idea where i'm gonna talk about this in the pitch meeting today i want everyone to film like little bits of their week as editors and i want to put together like a movie oh but, that's fun Ooh. yes so i was thinking of starting today the pitch meeting i might record a little bit of it anyways we'll see Ooh, I like um that. so that might that's going to come out during christmas season you know a little surprise even though it's not a surprise anymore um <laughs> also God. this week in features i was supposed to have an imposter syndrome article but then it got moved to next mm. week so tune into it next week this Amazing. week in features we're talking about our 2020 fall class graduates some really interesting stories go read that up um sarah what are you covering this week this week i'm covering uh so the raptors free agency so signings big signings well i didn't cover it but i mean one of my writers covered it and one is actually really interesting um how social isolation can like it um like the same brain area right like kind of activates the same well as um hunger like when you're when you're hungry yeah which i thought was pretty interesting. pretty interesting yeah, yeah. especially now that we're going to the second lockdown is like basically we are basically starving for for, for oh yeah we're always so, hungry. yeah so um i thought that was really interesting all right so to read the medium.ca and then our instagram is the message utm and anything else you'd like to add? I have to go do so many things today. It's crazy. That's everything. I'm yeah. so glad we got to have this conversation. I hope it yes, was illuminating and added and to the lexicon of discussion on uh, imposter syndrome and dealing with that thing. Yes, Paula and if been a our... great guest. I'm just saying. Oh, yes. Paula, thank you so much <laughs> for joining us. Paula, I appreciate it was so your much time. fun. Thank you. Follow us <laughs> the personification of imposter syndrome. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, she would be perfect. Oh, uh, no, Paula's amazing. Um, she's, yeah. she's a sweetie. Alrighty, let's end it here. I'm glad it's a shorter episode so that we don't bore people for hours, yeah. as we always do. Thanks very much okay. for joining me, you too.
Goodbye. Bye.